On today's show, lots of stuff. Jason Kidd getting out there in the media. Lots of comments to break down. And we're going to tell you how the Milwaukee Bucks built a title contender. Yes, Jason Kidd, a star of uh, finals night, possibly. And then it quickly turned. Talk about that. I'm Locked on Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked on Mavericks Podcast. Can I have, please, a 50-piece Mac Minis? 50, exactly. Okay. Not 51, not 49. <laughs> Chicken Minis, yes. 50. <laughs> Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, the Giannis Euro. The one more thinking, what you got for me, Isaac Harris? Nick, have you ever ordered a 50-piece nugget? Whew, I wanted to today. I felt it. I felt it. I woke up this morning, and that was the first thing I saw was Giannis live going through that drive-thru. And I, it just brought so much joy to my heart. <laughs> I just, just to see I, him in line and all those people just mobbing around his car, how wholesome it was. He was telling people, stay COVID safe, and he had his mask on and everything. And then, like, his pregnant wife was driving, and he was in the backseat with the trophy here and the, the MVP trophy in his lap. Like, it was great. Oh, uh, no, I love it. H- hook me up to all of the Giannis content. Uh, I can't. Yes, I'm super happy. We gushed a lot about the Bucks winning the title on yesterday's podcast and what it meant. We kind of took a Mavs angle a little bit of the Dirk run, Giannis run, and just small markets. How was a win for small markets and every bit of that. So go listen to yesterday's pod if you haven't already. But it- it almost made me it made me a little bit sad because can you imagine if there was Instagram live back in 2011? Oh gosh. <laughs> can you right like it's just so easy for athletes now to go live. Yeah. Uh, from anywhere. It's wild. It would have been, been incredible. Rodman in Vegas on on Instagram. I mean that live. guy has no time for anything, so I don't know. <laughs> oh man. But Okay, so we want to look at Milwaukee's team, right? Or we want to set the stage for this podcast. We're going to talk about Milwaukee's team, the the breakdown of Milwaukee's team. How Dallas, could Dallas put together a similar type of team that Milwaukee did? How they pulled it off. We're also going to talk about Jason Kidd. I mean, all kinds of Jason Kidd. He got some love after Milwaukee won the title. He also, um, I don't know what the opposite of love, uh, some comments in Mayor Vader's new book that there's I don't know story. if it's negative. It's not all negative in Marin's book. Uh, but yeah, you know, Marin Fader dropped, you know, a section of her book, section of a chapter about, you know, Giannis's time early in Milwaukee. The book is about Giannis and his rise to becoming a multiple time MVP. And Jason Kidd is mentioned in the book a lot. And so there's some good things and there's some bad things. Uh, in the book, but I, th- I think it's actually mostly good from the stuff that I pulled out of it. Uh, but yeah, we uh, will get to all that today. Today's episode is brought to you by our Lockdown NBA Live Draft Show. NBA Draft Goat Chad Ford and our Lockdown NBA Draft host Rafael Barlow, hosted by Lockdown NBA host John Corrales. We will be live this year at WFAA and live on the Lockdown NBA YouTube. So go subscribe to the Lockdown NBA YouTube channel. 
And around the draft, we will have it for you. Brought to you by Built Bar. Get the local expert analysis on every single pick. Follow Locked on NBA on YouTube today and watch our live coverage July 29th at 6 p.m. Central Time. There you go. That's what we will be doing on draft night. I'm excited for it. Also, go listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft. It's really awesome. If you're into the draft at all, uh, I, I've put enough work into it for you guys to hit click on that <laughs> one. <laughs> so go listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft NBA. Okay, so... Milwaukee's makeup. This is something that we we talk about. I think we probably do this every year. Let's look at the title, the, the team that won the title, and we kind of did this with with the the Suns already. I think when they made the finals, how did they build this team, and how can the Mavericks do what they just did? Because I'm looking at both of these teams, Milwaukee and then Phoenix, and you kind of at the end of it, and it was sort of this way for the Mavericks in their first round series against the Clippers because that series sort of felt like all or nothing, like go for it, play your guys and all that. You kind of only need like eight players to win a title. Right? Like, like I think if some of them are going to go down, Dante DiVincenzo goes down, Dario Sarge goes down. You need a couple other guys to step up, but you only really need eight players, you know, that are, that are solid there uh, to be able to, to win a title like that. Yeah. Well, you look at, you know, they had their big three, however you want to say, yep. you know, big three and relative to other um, big threes across the league, but you have your star obviously in Giannis that you drafted, but then oh, so what, are you saying this is a super team then? <laughs> no big three. Uh, that's what you said. So, but you look at the other two guys that they put around Giannis, look how they got those guys. Mm-hmm. You look at Chris Middleton. They Draft. drafted Chris Middleton. It's been second, there forever. Second round draft pick. Um, that, how beneficial was it for them? And we've heard the Middleton Yana stories and Jason Kidd referencing those of being there at the very beginning when those mm-hmm. guys came into Milwaukee and he played a role in that. How much, whatever you want to say that like, you're there's not a credit- lot in this book. We'll talk about in the second segment that there's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like Middleton comes in as a draft pick. They obviously hit like a, an incredible hit with Chris Middleton and developing him. Now I will say they didn't draft him. He went to the Pistons. They, you know, they yeah. got him, but, you get the point of that. But then they go all in for the Drew Holiday move, right? This is a team that had been to the playoffs. Giannis was developed. They're on the cusp of taking that next step. And look at the deal that they pulled off for Drew Holiday. That there are a lot of people that are, oh my gosh, how many draft picks? Are you really giving them that many draft picks for, for Drew? It's like in if in the vacuum, is Drew Holiday worth that pick package compared to like James Harden? No. But in the situation, yes, because you have to go get, if that's your way as a small market, as the Bucks or whoever it is, to go get that third guy to put around Giannis, then you got to go do it. So they swung for the fences. And if they didn't do that, they don't win the title. They don't have yeah. Drew Holiday. They do not win, right? It's just, yeah. it, that, he was so, even though he had some up and down offensive games, his defense was so impactful in that Phoenix series. And even before that too, and you know, the Brooklyn series and all that, it was so impactful that they don't win unless he's on the team. Exactly. And it's like, I look, one of the biggest things too, is I look at this Milwaukee team and I look at the ages of the players around Giannis. Drew Holiday is 31. Brooke Lopez is 32. Chris Middleton is literally like two weeks away from turning 30. Like you're three of your main stars over 30 years or older, uh, in, like a main part of your rotation. You're looking at, I mean, PJ Tucker is 35 right now. Torrey Craig 
is 30. Like these are guys that have been in the league. So when we say we've been on this for a while, like you got to have some guys that's been in the league, been there, done that in your rotation, getting those heavy minutes and not always the case, but it's like, you need some of those guys. I'm not saying every guy around Luca has to be, you know, 30 or over, but like it matters. Like it matters because you don't see, and I don't think it's a coincidence that you look at the two players for Phoenix in game six, a do or die game that really struggled in the moment was a young Devin Booker and a young DeAndre Ayton. And it was, and I get there was some game plan that stuff too. Like Bud was daring them, hey, let's give it to Chris Paul. I get all that. But I'm saying, I think Asian experience does matter in these situations. And this is another example of like, man, I really want Dallas to go and get who is their Drew Holiday, who is their their guys. And even if they can't get that type of player, can we surround some of the fringe type of rotation players with the PJ Tucker, Brooke Lopez's of the world that's 31, 32 to 35 that can give you that veteran experience? Yeah, I, I looked at this team just like you. They have their foundation, and Giannis and Middleton, they've been there the longest. They drafted Giannis. They traded for Chris Middleton when he was really young. They've been there for a long time. They took their big swing trade. They had to make a, a massive deal to bring in Drew Holiday to be that third guy. They had some veterans there. Uh, you know, I guess Middleton counts as a veteran now, but Drew Holiday, P.J. Tucker, they made a, a, a trade for that they, they, they acquired. Brooke Lopez, a guy that they... Acquired a while ago in a trade, I believe. Or did they just straight up sign him? Um, so yeah, they, they acquired, Lakers team. Yeah, right. They acquired him somehow. Then they have these, these young, like, flyer-type guys, right? Like Bobby Portis was a, a young flyer-type of guy. Maybe he's not as young as some of these other players. But then Dante DiVincenzo, he's a guy, a younger guy. Pat Connaughton, Bryn Forbes. They had some of these younger flyers. And you got to hit on some of those guys, right? These yeah. are, you know, for the Mavericks, this is your Dorian Finney-Smiths, your... Um, you know, I guess Maxie's not there anymore. But you know, a couple of younger guys, Jalen Brunson, they have to hit yeah, on Maxie's some. Maxie's still there. Maxie and I are the same age. Maxie. Oh, I thought you meant like not on the team. As a, no, as, did no, I miss it? <laughs> no, as a as a young young guy on the team. Yeah, right? yeah I see like, what you mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you have to you have to hit on some of those guys, and they have to be you know young and cost controlled and all that. And uh, I think that that was that's basically that's the team right there. That's how they do that. And so what do the Ma- let's just quickly what do the Mavericks have already? Uh, I think they have the, well the foundation with Luca for sure. That that's definitely part of the foundation. Now, is Porzingis in that Giannis Middleton category, or is or is Middleton and Holiday in that second tier? Is he? Or is 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 Porzingis in the Middleton Holiday category, not Giannis? Like Giannis and Luca is in their category. It's okay, like, so you're just putting them up. Yeah. Yeah. Who is 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 Porzingis? Can he be good enough to be in the Middleton Holiday conversation of that? And yeah, I mean, that that's the thing. It's like when you look at the other players that we've talked about, like you brought up, it's like Bobby Portis, DiVincenzo, like these guys, the Torrey Craigs, PJ Tuckers. Like, yeah, I think Dorian and Maxi and Brunson, some of these guys, like I, they can be those guys. We, we've Torrey Craigs on the Suns, but yeah. Oh, yeah, my bad, my yeah, bad. Yeah, uh, but like that's the we we think these role players can be those type of dudes. Yeah. It all comes back to where who is going to be Dallas's Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. And I think there's something to be said too of they also had a lineup in a rotation that gave them flexibility. Mm-hmm. Like the two guys around Giannis were perimeter guys. Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton. Like it does, like if you play a team who has a big, then you have the flexibility of Brooke Lopez. You play if they faced off into with the Clippers in the finals 
and Brooke Lopez isn't seeing the floor much, you know what they have the flexibility to do? Go small and put Giannis at the five. I know Giannis is obviously bigger, everything, Luca and all that. But it's like, that's the benefit of having your number two and number three guy around your superstar as perimeter guys because it allows you the flexibility to still play small or you can play big with that one of those bullpen type of bigs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think they have, they definitely have their foundation player. They have that second, they have one of those secondary guys in, in Porzingis. I think he can be one of those guys. I think they need one more of those. They yeah. need, you know, they need another another player in that Middleton Holiday tier of players. And then the veterans, right? Like the Mavericks veterans this past year were Richardson and Tim Hardaway Jr. And I don't know if those veteran guys were, you know, definitely Josh Richardson wasn't good enough, but I don't know if Tim Hardaway was a veteran enough to get them to where they wanted to go the way that P.J. Tucker and, and them did. They did well, I think the, that's a, they did have the young role players though. They had Maxi, they had Dorian, they had Brunson. They, I mean, they have those guys. I think that, I think that tier is set. Yeah. Well, you brought up Tim too. Is Tim good enough to be in the Holiday Middleton category too? Right. Like, right. Is, if that's your if if you're getting a fully healthy Porzingis and your number two, number three is Porzingis and Tim Hardaway, are can they be consistently good enough to in that th- same type of category? And I, I don't know yet. Yeah, uh, coming up, let's get into some more about Jason Kidd with the Bucks. There's some real interesting stories going on, and I think I know what Jason Kidd is going to focus on when he's you know starting to coach the Dallas Mavericks. Now hearing some of these Giannis stories, we'll get into that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about rockauto.com. Rock Auto is an online store where you can go and order every single part that you need for your car. Anything that you could possibly need, they have it, and they have it in a way that's easy to find. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solutions for your auto parts needs. Their prices are always reliably low, the same for every single customer. They have everything that you could need. Go check it out. Go look up your car. See what they have. Maybe it'll surprise you. Uh, go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? They know that we sent you because you don't want to just go to one of these stores and try and find this stuff. Uh, and then they go, you go to the counter, they say go to the back, and then they go to the back and they can't find it. Why don't you just go see what they have at rockauto.com today, see if the prices is exactly what you, is exactly what you want, get it sent to your home instead of having to bring it back and all that kind of stuff and go out. So, again, right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? And they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, Isaac Harris, let's start getting into some of these comments. Uh, and there's way too many to get to today. I mean, just there's too much to get to, to get to all of it in one day. I recommend the article. It's on The Ringer. Uh, the article is called uh, The Fire That Forged Giannis Antetokounmpo. It's a Mirren Fader uh, excerpt from her book, Giannis, The Improbable Rise of an NBA MVP. You probably heard it shouted out in the broadcast. Uh, if you listen to Bill Simmons, he shouted it out, all this stuff. So, uh Great stuff there from her, and incredible time to write a book about Giannis. Like, just <laughs> the best, most insane timing. There's a whole bunch of stuff in the book about Jason Kidd's relationship with Giannis. Uh, the, the most famous one is Jason Kidd told Giannis not to settle for jumpers in practice. People would say, oh, he told him not to take threes. Yes, at a certain point in Giannis's development, he did tell him not to take threes, but it's he saw... That he saw that Giannis could have the mentality that he does have now, the, the killer mentality, that I'm going to yam it on your head mentality, the, the one that he used now to just win finals MVP. And he didn't want him to settle for jumpers and to just, you know, instead of trying to get to the rim every time, to be like, okay, I'm just going to sit back and take jumpers all the time and be passive. He didn't want him to be passive. He wanted him to step up. And so after reading some of this, I kind of understand Jason Kidd's whole mindset. But this whole chapter... I, Man, I cannot recommend it more. It tells you a little bit about the way Jason Kidd coaches. 
Uh, when Jason Kidd first was watching Giannis in practice, he said, you know, a feather can blow him over. Uh, Kidd said, turning to his assistants, they laughed. Kidd didn't. He was dead serious. Quote, a couple times up and down the court, you breathe on him. He's falling over. We got to get him stronger. That was one of the things that Jason Kidd really focused on with Giannis is to beef him up, to help him focus on, you know, getting to the rim and all that stuff. And that really unlocked a lot for Giannis, two MVPs and a finals MVP later. I think that that is, uh, that's an incredible look at a player and then a decision to develop him in that way uh, that really paid off. Yeah, see, this is fascinating. I, I purposely didn't read this and listen to it for the first time here. And I think, you know, before this even came out, it's been cool to see, you know, after they won the finals, you know, Giannis sat at the podium and said he'd thank some old coaches and he'd thank Jason Kidd by name at the podium holding the trophies and to hear just for pushing him and all of that. And you've seen different, you know, tweets from Tom Crean, Indiana's coach saying, yep. you know, credits and Jason Kidd and Sean Sweeney, a new assistant coach at Dallas now for the development of Giannis and Middleton. Mm-hmm. And now that, you know, to see even more of that in Fader's book like this, of the role that Kidd had in the early days of Giannis, it's, it's fascinating. There's another section where it says kid and assistant coach Sean Sweeney, who we mentioned he's going to be an assistant for the Dallas Mavericks would work out with Giannis multiple times a day. They teach him moves, challenge him to get out of his comfort zone. Kid would make Giannis do a drill over and over until it was perfect as he, as he would with all his players. So he treated Giannis, you know, in that same way. And they really worked with Giannis. I think that, uh, I think I know which player they're going to focus on uh, in reading some of this, but here's another thing that they, another, another quote that gave us an, an idea of maybe how Jason Kidd will coach. He's not one of these coaches. That's going to scream and get in your face. Quote kid was known for playing mind games. He wouldn't yell. He wouldn't overly act aggressive. Far from that. He was more delicate, soft-spoken, getting under someone's skin, knowing the thing that made each player explode. He never gave players answers, wanting them to figure it out on their own. Uh, there's a couple like really good quotes in here from former players and assistants. Uh, Oppenheimer assistant coach said he would play Jedi mind tricks. One former teammate of, of Jason Kittiana said he mind F's you, <laughs> basically. Uh, another former Buck staffer said it's Machiavellian. He kind of relished that combativeness in people. But also, quote, he's a winner, naturally a winner. He's a competitive mother effer, said Chris Copeland, <laughs> former NBA player. And uh, yeah. he played with Kid as well. Uh, you know, he just brutalized people. There's plenty of teammates that I had that didn't like him, even as a coach, like as a person. He'd pit people against each other. Uh, Johnny O'Brien uh, used to be an NBA player for the Bucks. Said, "I think he may have had a lot of rocky relationships with players, but one thing he did was laid out a tradition of winning. Something, sometimes the way he went about it, being straightforward. He was just an a-hole, but he paid, but it paid off in the in the long run. Uh, a lot okay. of quotes like that about how Jason Kidd uh, and It'll be interesting to see if he continues to go in that sort of route, playing the mind tricks and playing the mind games and uh, pitting people again. There was a section in here where he talks about there was a drill that they, a defensive drill they ran in practice and they ran it over and over until you could stop somebody. It took Giannis 15 minutes doing this drill over to stop somebody because he just wasn't putting in the effort or something. There was something blocking him from being able to put forward the effort. And what they did the next day is Jason Kidd would, uh, play that video of that practice and watch the, the tape back. And he didn't say a single word. He just played it in front and watched Giannis watch. He, he watched Giannis watch Giannis <laughs> like get killed, like get beat over and over and over again. And the embarrassment of it was enough for Giannis to go out and try to be better. And he, he Giannis went up to him afterwards. He said, that will never happen again. 
Uh, he saw that like killer instinct that Giannis would never give up, that Giannis would uh, never back down from a challenge like that. And uh, yeah, there's some some really good stuff in here, but I'm curious to see how that's going to work with the Mavericks, like how that's going to work with Luca. I think Luca has that, uh, but I'm curious about Chris Ops Porzingis. Mm, yes, and and I wonder how much of that will be the same, right? I mean, we've, True. we've heard him say, you know, how he's grown and how he's learned from those last stops and the personal route and not just like, you know, telling everybody what to do and knowing all the answers. And so he's referenced how he's grown as a coach since he's been in LA from those moments of it not working out in Brooklyn, Milwaukee. So how much of this will carry over, but how much of it has he changed too? That's a question we don't know. That's definitely a question we don't know. Another quote says from an ex-player, I don't think you could identify with the average player. Uh, There's a reason Hall of Famers are Hall of Famers, especially point guards. You see things that no one else does. I think he would just take it out on the players and just verbally go at them. Just make them feel like SHIT. That they couldn't be as good as Jason Kidd, who could just step on the floor and do this this fancy thing. Uh, I think Jason Kidd is going to take... Christoph Porzingis under his wing, the same way he did Giannis. I think he's going to focus on that. And some of his comments, Jason Kidd's comments on the jump, is what made me think about it and think that they're going to try to unlock him in this way. Because I think Luca's already there. And I think he knows that Luca's already there. He doesn't have to take anything out you know, to get Luca to another level. So coming up, we're going to get into that. How Jason Kidd can unlock Christoph Porzingis, some of his comments that he made on the jump and how he can help him get to that next level like he did for Giannis. So we'll get into that. Before we do, let me tell you about betonline.ag. Fastest and easiest way to put down some money on sports. You've heard it here all the time, but go check it out. There's stuff all the time. All kinds of Olympic stuff. Uh, Three on three, men's basketball. The winner, you ready for this? Serbia, plus 125. Latvia, plus 250. Uh, the Russian Olympic Committee plus 700, Netherlands plus 800, Poland plus 1600, Japan plus 5000. Who are you feeling? The favorite, Serbia? <laughs> I I don't even I'm going to go with uh yeah, I'll probably just go with Russia. 3 on 3 women. Let's go. Let's go with Alicia Gray plus 105 for the uh the the US women and the 3 on 3. France is plus 300, Russia is plus 800. So if you're feeling good about any of those, go ahead and put some money down. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN. Get a 50% welcome bonus to first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Isaac Harris. So we've been talking about Marin Fader's you know, chapter of the book that she put on The Ringer. Go read that. It's excellent. It's good stuff about, about Jason Kidd, uh, the rise of Giannis. And we've been talking about how, how Jason Kidd zeroed in on Giannis from the beginning when Giannis was nowhere near the player he is now. And... There would be times when Jason Kidd would sit Giannis for halves or games or whatever. There was one section in here I I really did not like, and it was something that uh, came off negative with Jason Kidd. Thonmaker? The Thonmaker thing with the phone, (laughs) the phone was funny. Thonmaker was the only player that didn't have an iPhone, and so their group chat was then green instead of blue, and Jason Kidd, I don't know. Good. He got at him. Good. Uh, Nobody likes the green bubble guy. He said, Kid was upset about it and made the team run because Kid felt that Maker not getting an iPhone was an example of the team not being united. <laughs> okay. Little extreme, uh, <laughs> but the concept of it is funny because we we all we all know that we love to uh, crack jokes at the person with the green bubble. Absolutely. Uh, there was a part in this where uh, there was a defensive play, or there's a yeah, there's a defensive play 
and something broke down with the Bucks, and then this other team scored. And Jason Kidd thought that Giannis was the one that made the mistake, and Giannis was was standing firm on his ground, saying it was not my fault. It was not my fault. I did not do it. He stood firm, stood his ground, and said it was not me. They went back at halftime and looked at the clip, saw that it wasn't Giannis, and Jason Kidd still sat him in the second half because he because of that that mistake, even though it wasn't Giannis's fault. That was a quote that I was like. Ooh, hopefully those are the type of things that Jason Kidd has learned from because that's an old school, like real stubborn, real, uh, you know, old school method of just like, I'm okay. just going to sit you anyway. Right. Does he bench Luca for something? This is my question. And is how this does what that he, go? Is this what he learned from? Is this something where he says, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I don't know any, everything. And so maybe he, uh, humbled himself in that way, but yeah, because does he, and I'm not saying that Luca can't take hard coaching because I've seen the clips. I've seen people tweet at us and yeah. comment and be like, hey, you know, Luca can take a coach yelling at. Like, I, I get all of that. He will. I'm saying, what happens if Luca gets a tech or he's complaining yeah. and doesn't yeah. get back on defense? And kid's like, I want to set the tone defensively. And he pulls Luca and benches him for the first half of a regular season game. If we if if we thought Luca was uh emotions on his sleeve with Rick on some things. I wonder how that will go. Um, yes. That, that is going to be very interesting. So we'll take it all this, how, how Jason gets zeroed in on Giannis and made him the player. He identified a couple of things that could make him the player that he is today. And it really did work, right? I think a lot of the, his tactics that came off in this section of the book really helped. Uh, I think that, you know, his ability to, to get to the rim, his ability, his, his strength and his ability to get stronger, all that. I think he's going to focus on Porzingis in this way because he was on the jump today with Rachel Nichols and uh, Richard Jefferson and someone else. And he said he wants to help Luca become a better leader and just empower what he's already doing. Basically he, he just wants to empower Luca to keep shooting, be a better leader. He he says he's already a leader, but I want him to empower him to be a better leader. He's just going to try and enhance what Luca already does. I don't think he's trying to unlock anything in Luca. But then he started talking about Kristaps Porzingis, and he started glowing about and talking about Kristaps' range is from half court. We're going to get KP back to what he did in New York, putting the ball on the floor, being able to stop, being able to dribble, stop, and pop, uh, be able to turn around, be able to post up, be aggressive, being able you know, to dunk again and do some of the plays that we saw work in the playoffs, cutting and things like that. Uh, he said, you know, I remember a lot of the plays that we would see, you know, we would see highlights in New York was, was Chris Ops dunking, doing some of the things that make basketball fun again for him. That was what he said on the jump. And so that quote made me think they're really, they're, they're revving him up. If you've watched Ted Lasso, you know that there's a clip where they're like, okay, we got to reach this team. And then he, Ted Lasso was trying to get through to, uh, to Roy Kent and Roy Kent walks out of the office mad about something. And coach Beard looks at Ted Lasso and goes, why are you winding him up? And Ted goes, He's the one, coach. He's the one we got to get to, right? Like, he's the key to the team. And I think Porzingis is going to be that guy. I think he's going to focus on Porzingis, push him the same way. My question is, and I question to you, is Porzingis going to respond well to these mind tricks and mind Fs and all this stuff that these players have been talking about, the public humiliation, the all this kind of stuff? Will, will kid First of all, will kid do, the, do that stuff again to Porzingis? Or will he cater it to what Porzingis will respond to? Uh, and how will Porzingis respond to it if he doesn't? If he just continues to do the stuff he did to Giannis? I think I'm not worried about at the beginning. I think 
KP, and I, I could be completely wrong on this, and this is assuming that you know this the talk around this is is really hey we're gonna make this work and everything. Yeah, um, I'm not worried about the beginning because I could KP's coming in from a healthy off season. He's gonna be putting mm-hmm. a lot of work. He's gonna be excited to like change the narrative about him. So I think he's gonna be open to anything with Kid at the beginning. Kid I'm, has a real easy motivator for him, right? Like a real easy way, like carrot to dangle in front of him. You want to get all this negative talk out? You want to be back to being an all-star? You want to do this? Yeah. Listen to me. Do this stuff, right? And Rick's not there, okay? So yeah, that's right. encouraging in itself to KP, too, of healthy offseason. Rick's not going to be back. Let's do this. Hit the ground running. Fresh start. So I'm not worried about the beginning. I'm worried about two months in. Like what happens two months in that – you know, KP shots are not going down and it's the, if it, if it is, you hope it's not, but like, if it is the post-ups are just really inefficient. It's like what we've seen in the past. He's right. struggling defensively. Yep. It's stuff like that to where kid has to make some tough decisions. And then all of a sudden kid, him in a half, <laughs> exactly. All of a sudden kids making the same decision. Like Rick was of like, okay, like, well, this is, this isn't working and this is inefficient. So we're going to have to change the roll up some, and now we're going down the same path again. So I'm more, I'm not worried about the beginning. And if what he, I think he's going to be open to everything at the beginning. It's a let's let's look at this thing. You know, Christmas time in January. What's it look like then? Months from now, what does this look like? When right? adversity hits, right? I mean, winning cures everything. Yeah. If they're winning, it's great. If they're on a phoenix type of, hey, we're top four. But if they're eighth or ninth and they're riding fifteen, you know, five hundred, and it's something like that, then. Yeah, let's see what it looks like at adversity time. That is going to be the fascinating thing for me because there's there's a lot of things in here. And I think some of the things will be different because this Bucks team that they're talking about in this article was coming off a 15-win season, right? Their expectations yeah. were wildly different than this team. Now, there was a section where, you know, after that 15-win season, they come into training camp and Jason Kidd goes, who thinks we're a playoff team? And all the players kind of look around and then they're like, oh, there's kind of only one answer. We do. We're a playoff team, right? So they were trying to instill that into them, but... You could sit Giannis for a half and it wouldn't, you know, mess with stuff too much. He was a younger guy. He was younger than Luca, even at the point when when he was doing that. So yeah, I don't think he'll, I don't think he'll go to the those extremes with Luca and, and Porzingis. But I think some of the tactics will probably remain the same. Exactly, because I think there's two different goals at that point, too. I mean, he knew that they're not winning a title with that with a right. super young Giannis. His number one goal back then was we gotta Make develop our young guys. <laughs> like, yeah, we gotta develop these guys. And it's more of a longer picture in this scenario. Like you got to win, like you got to win yeah. now. There's, you know, you don't have time for any of that, that stuff. Okay. Like you don't have time. Like if you want to like piss off somebody and it's going to like, you had the leeway before of like, Oh, you know what? This is going to cost us a couple wins. Yeah. You know what? For the long run, it'll teach a lesson. We can learn. We'll grow. That ain't here now. Okay. So like, you got, we got to win. We got to get to the second round at least. Like, so I, I think there will be some differences in that. There you go, guys. Listen to the ultimate mock draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey. I spent a ton of time on it. I'm really proud of it. I think it's great. Featuring analysis from the GOAT of NBA mock draft, Chad Ford, Odyssey NBA experts like Brian Scalabrini, the White Mamba himself, Ooh. former general manager Ryan McDonough, who drafted Booker and I believe eight and two. Locked on NBA local experts will make the selections. Uh, we were supposed to, but we don't have a pick, so we, we didn't. Your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 in the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your audio podcasts. 
Odyssey is your audio home for all sports podcasts, music, and the news that matter to you. Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. There you go, guys. Let us know what you think about Jason Kidd. If he's going to focus on Porzingis, if he's going to unlock him, what do you think his tactics are going to be and things like that? Let us know. We will be back uh, tomorrow with more good nav stuff. Can I have, please, a 50-piece Mac Minis? 50, exactly. Not 51. Done. 49. Chicken minis, yes. 50. And um, let me have a large drink. No ice. Half Sprite.